John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John. Yes. This is the High Gain Podcast. Oh, so great. People have been clamoring about the High Gain Podcast. They love it. Off and on for years, I hear. Yeah, yeah. They love that we talk about guitars and pedals and stuff. Guitar stuff. Yeah. That's their deal. They love it. Yeah. Where are you recording from, John Kiltica? I am in the solidified, securified bunker, safe, in the heart of West Seattle, Washington. Beautiful West Seattle. Yes. I am three blocks from you. That sounds right. Also in a bunker. Yeah. I've got a little Herman Miller Eames chair. Ooh. One of the molded ones, you know, it's not like the lounge chair. Either way, those are fantastical. Maybe the molded one that I have, those things are in like the uh, the MoMA. I think you are absolutely right. Man, Ed's in a fancy chair. I am in my normal squeaky chair. Yeah. I've thought about fixing it. We just let it go. Yeah. The people, they just let it go. They just figure that's just John doing his thing. Squeaking that shit up. I can dig it. Saturday night, I was downtown. Looking for the FBI. Beverages, John Kiltecka. Yeah, what did you think of that? Um, you didn't know who that was, did you? That uh, this is one of those, isn't it? <laughs> because you know, like I start to like. Let me rewind those vocal. Wait, is that the fucking Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> That's a song called "Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress" by the Hollies. The Hollies, <laughs> the Beatles. You know, whatever. Maybe I'm not the biggest fan of the Hollies. What are you drinking, Ed? I'm drinking a big jug of water out of a simply orange 52-ounce pulp-free 
orange juice container and I drink like two of these a day. That's really good. You got to stay hydrated. Yeah. And I'm drinking a Klaus Toller original non-alcoholic beer. Oh. Crafted and bottled in Germany. I've got more blue balls in. <laughs> That's not one of those energy drinks, is it? It comes in a blue glass bottle. And the only thing it says is, how did you pronounce it? Guarana? Guarna? <laughs> I don't know. Guava. That's all it says. It doesn't say it tastes like this. You just have to fucking drink it and it tastes like whatever you think it does. Yeah, I don't know. It's not that I'm old Johnny Highbrow over here. I'll listen to a fart joke. I'll chuckle at that. <laughs> sure. But, you know, building your whole brand around like, oh, it's blue balls. There's some dude in a fucking suit who lives in like an $8 million house. He <laughs> thinks it's hilarious, you know? <laughs> Fuck. He's still laughing. Fuck. This reaction from a guy who titters every time I say 1969. You know what this is, Ed? It's one of those built-in amp things, right? It is not a built-in amp thing. No? What is it? This is a 1967 Vox Boss Man. <laughs> the Boss Man. It's a hollow body, and it's got one pickup on it. Yeah. Bound, F-holes, body, and neck. Mm -hmm. The form factor is that kind of Gretchy style single cutaway. I don't think I've even seen a picture of this one. I suppose I could have sent you a picture, but, you know, what are you going to do? I guess I need to look this thing up, just like the viewers. Oh, you can scratch my dismissiveness. Yeah, so it's a Vox, 1967. They only made these for a couple of years. Okay. Do you know do you know the tone bender pedal? I do. Hell yeah. They built one into this guitar in 1967. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. It's a little noisy, but I'm going to turn it down. That's another <laughs> cool thing. It has its own volume. Okay. And then if I turn it up. Woo! I can imagine 1967. Yeah. That was probably pretty damn cool. It's the tone bender circuit in that guitar. Yes. That's pretty cool. That's not all, though, Ed. Oh, no? It also has a tone booster. So here's before. I'm playing the A chord. Now I'm going to turn on the tone booster. God. Yeah, so you turn it all the way up, you get a tone boost. Oh. Turn that thing all the way down, it's a bass boost. So I guess if you want it to... Yeah, I bet old uh, Leo Fender would like that tone booster. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to show you something. Mm. Turn up that tone booster. Mm-hmm. Right? You hate it? Kind of, yeah. As long as I'm at it, I'll turn up the tone knob on the guitar. Okay. And then I will turn on the, <laughs> the tone vendor. Ready? Yeah. That gets a little uh, funky. <laughs> a little funky. If I took that and put it through my normal conglomeration of noise pedals, yeah, we'd be in a whole different place. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Early on, I was going to start to be dismissive about this guitar. And then I'm like, uh, no. Yes. John, I'm right back. I hate it. <laughs> well, you just hate it because I'm fucking with the effects in it. I don't think so. If I'm just normal. Yeah. All right. I'm looking at my guitars. Yes. And I don't own a guitar where the guitar can make a noise by itself that I hate. <laughs> you just played like six flavors out of that guitar that I hated. I just wrung all kinds of drippy hate out of it. After you turned the tone thing up and then you're like, oh, and then I'm going to turn this thing. I just took the headphones off, John, because I, I knew how loud it was going to be. And I'm just like, fuck this. <laughs> it's interesting how this came to be, Ed. Okay. We know Vox as a British company. Right. Makers of the fine AC30 and AC15 amps. I have two Vox amps right here, directly in my line of sight. Love them. Do you know what the AC in AC30 stands for? Adam Chavez. Lovely fellow. Yes, yes. No. No. I have no idea. Stands for amplifier combined with the speaker, 15 watts, or 30 watts if it's an AC30. Not combo? Combined? They were British, Ed. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, okay. But let's come at this from the back end of it, Ed. Okay. We're not going to come at it from the British Isles. Okay. Let's go back, if we might, to Castel Fidardo, Italy. I love that place. It is not where I thought it was. I thought it was on the border of France, but it's a little more central. North Central East Coast. Right. There's a guy born there, Oliviero Pagini. Okay. Born in Castel Fidardo. Okay. And of course, like everybody else in that famed town, he grows up in and amongst the accordion biz. Because if you want an accordion, you go to Castel Fidardo. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So our man, Ollie, grows up learning about that mm -hmm. until the World War II comes. And he gets conscripted into the Air Force and he has to go, you know, Air Forcing. It was a mess. Man, World War II, Italy, Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> There's like no end of badness in that. Doesn't seem like that would work out too well. Not great. He survived it. Italy, wrong side. Wrong. Wait. Mussolini, motherfucker. What are you talking about? You're absolutely right. The resistance wouldn't have aircraft. He's in the Italian Air Force fighting for Mussolini is what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's not working out too well. No. That one slipped by me. Well, you know. By the end of the war, Italy is in a mess. It's all blown up. The economy's screwed up. Everything's in pieces. Sure. The Americans that are left in Italy, they love accordions. Where can we get an accordion? Hey, let's go to Castel Fidardo. Those guys are nutty for the accordions. Mm -hmm. And so he resumes his accordion affiliation, even to the point where he marries the lovely Ed, lovely Molina Ficosecco. <laughs> okay. Heiress to an accordion dynasty, apparently. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. I love it when you do that. Marry her, you got the connections, maybe a little bit of dough. 1952, you can set up your own damn business. Sure. So that's what he does. He's selling accessories and materials and tools, all the stuff you need to make accordions. Tell me what this dude's name is. 
Oliviero Pagini. Oliviero Pagini from Castel Fidardo. We've lost him. Yeah, we lost him. Did it have anything to do with his dealings with Mussolini and the fucking fascists? The black shirts could be. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Okay. So it's 1952. He sets up his business. Right about then, rock and roll starts becoming real popular worldwide, as you know, Ed. Yeah. What's he going to do with his new accordion business? Who wants that? We want guitars. No one in Italy at that point is mass producing guitars. So Pagini, he sees an opening. Right. I should quit the accordion biz and I should figure out this guitar game. We did Voxes before? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is this a different dude than the other Vox dude? It is. Vox is the company in England. The JMI company, they make the AC30. We've talked about how they came into existence via the British dudes. Okay. But now we're coming at it from the other end. Right. Okay, keep going. By 1956, Pagini starts marketing beginner-style guitars. He gets some cats in Yugoslavia to make them. Hey, make these guitars and I'll slap my label on them. It'll be great. What year is this? 56. Weird. At that point, Yugoslavia is in the USSR. So he's going into the like Soviet bloc, getting guitars made and then shipped down. Kami guitars. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not so sure about Pagini anymore. You were a big fan coming into this. <sighs> You're pointing out these inconsistencies, and I'm growing more dubious by the moment. Okay, well, I'm going to soldier on. Yeah, okay. The business actually worked out well. He did mail order sales. People were like, oh, beginning guitars for cheap? Yes, please. Yep. But one thing bothered Pagini. Okay. The quality coming in from Yugoslavia <laughs> was suck-ass. Weird. Maker of the fine Yugo automobile? <laughs> We're not talking about the same Yugoslavia, right? It can't be. By this point, rock and roll is fully ensconced, and the accordion market has tanked. It's on the ropes. So uh, Pagini is able to get a former convent to use as a factory. Sweet. Uh, and hire a bunch of workers. Bunch of nuns. Yeah. He's thinking, I'm going to bring manufacturing to Italy. But there's a problem, Ed. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know how to make guitars, and there are no luthiers. To say nothing of sales, marketing, distribution, he just knows this is what he wants to do. Right. He starts reaching out, trying to make contacts with salesmen and distributors in other countries, and he happens upon a couple of uh, famous luthiers from Sicily, the Palladino brothers. Okay. He convinces them to move with their families up to Castel Fidardo. Why don't you guys come on up? You can help me get this started. We're starting to bleed into Wandre territory. A little bit, yeah. That time frame and the people. Exactly. But Wandre resistance fighter, right? That's right. He was blowing up shit in the forest and then running away. Exactly. That is not what this dude you're talking about now, old Olivier. Right. Sounds like maybe that's not what he was doing. He's going wherever he can to get workers and luthiers and sign him up. He even goes to Germany, Ed. <laughs> To look for people. Post-World War II, he goes to Germany. Yep. And he signs up a guy to help lead selling and distribution in Germany. You'll never guess who he gets. Uh, well, I mean, not Roger. He doesn't talk to our guy, Roger. 
He talks to our guy Roger's father. <laughs> really? Ross Meisel's father? Oh my god. Yeah, old Wenzel Ross Meisel. I don't remember that from the Roger Ross Meisel story that his father was in the guitar game. Yeah. Roger learned a lot of how to build guitars from his dad. I guess I just forgot that. I'm sorry. His dad even made a model of guitar called the Roger. Right. So now he's got his company. He's got some luthiers. He's hiring some people. Let's light this candle. He calls it Echo. E-K-O. You've heard of it? Yes. Echo guitars? Yeah. Have we done an Echo? Well, we're kind of doing one today. Cool. And they're making Echo guitars. Some even kind of find their way across the ocean to North America. So people start becoming sort of aware of them. Here's where fate comes in, Ed. Okay. Fate. Oh, cool. The LaDuca brothers out of Milwaukee. You know the LaDucas. Yeah, yeah. They've got a music business, and they've got a network of uh, hundreds of stores that they supply mostly accordions and electric organs to. Okay. And they are in the same boat as everybody else. How do we get in on this guitar thing? This is like 61, 62. The major brands, Fender, Gibson, all of that, that's pretty expensive. And the low-end stuff, it seems like the Japanese have that kind of covered. We got to figure out how to get into this middle ground where there's maybe little money we can make here. Right. Bring in the Yugoslav boys. No, they get in touch with Pagini over at Echo in Italy. And Pagini's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, I mean, I dig it, uh, but I don't know if I can do, you know, hundreds of thousands of guitars that you guys are optimistic about being able to move. Okay. But I'll give it a shot. Sure. So he moves to a larger and cheaper factory. Mm-hmm. He actually uh, mortgages his house to pay to get into this place and tries to staff up. He gets about 350 workers. Wow. Holy shit. He wants to see if he can make this thing happen. <laughs> and it does, man. The Italian exports of guitars in 1956 was like 0.8% of the country's deal. Yeah. By 1965, it's 12%. Most of that is coming from Echo. That's so crazy. There's certainly details to this story that I think would be difficult to fill in exactly. But I'm trying to picture a world like 2020 America, where I decide, ah, I want to go make this thing. I'm going to mortgage my house, and I'm going to move into a big warehouse and hire 350 employees? What? There's no way. That is an impossibility. 350 employees, you couldn't pay him unless the Milwaukee boys are like fronting him a ton of orders and like prepaying or something. Maybe there's that. Maybe uh, the lovely Melina Ficoseco, the heir to the accordion dynasty. <laughs> Maybe she had some dough. That's just what I mean. Even if you had a million dollars in equity, you could not employ 350 people for any length of time. You couldn't bring them in, ramp them up. No. It's crazy, John. But it works. I love it. The ball's on this guy. They even start making these echo guitars and stamping other people's names on it like Vox. Yeah. The Vox deal was so lucrative, especially in the United States, 
that JMI, the Vox dudes, Echo, the Italian dudes, and the Thomas Organ Company, who held the rights to distribution in the United States. Yeah. They're like, shit, let's put together a collaboration and we'll just sell an ass ton of Vox stuff and all make a lot of money. Love it. And so they did that. And they're trying to capitalize like on the Beatles stuff, the whole nine yards. But then it starts going sideways. Yeah. The Thomas Organ guy in the United States is saying to our man Pagini in Italy, do we really need the Vox dudes? You're making the guitars in Italy. I'm the guy selling them in the United States. Right. Let's just cut him out. So they did that. (laughs) They just fucked him. And they built a direct sales channel straight from Italy to the United States. Do not pass the UK. Not with the Vox name. Yes, with the Vox name. (laughs) Uh, Something about the arrangement they had made when they made the partnership (laughs) made this kind of maneuver apparently completely legal. (laughs) Our man at JMI, you know, inventor of the AC-30, how bummed was he? And here's the irony. This Vox guitar, on the back of the headstock, it says, made in Italy by Vox. And then on the back of the neck plate, there's a badge. And inside that badge, it says, the British sound. Made in Italy, put on a boat, sent to the United States. Sure. But then there were Vox guitars that were made in Italy. Yes. That were part of the partnership. Yes. Pre-getting fucked over. Sure. Right? Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. They had fucked over Vox. Yes. They would not have had access to the tone bender. They had access to all the electronics. Really? The pedals and the amps. Those pedals weren't built in Italy, were they? No, the pedals themselves were built in the UK. Right. You could just tell Echo in Italy, here's a circuit, here's how you make one, and stick it in the guitar. Was that thing marketed as a tone bender? No, it wasn't. It was marketed as a distortion booster. Oh, I was thinking this was totally like Vox marketing this thing as like, hey, here's this great guitar you love and this great pedal you love jammed together. I don't think the tone bender became considered anything fancy or a classic till years and years later. The first literal fuzz was like 63. Right. And it was that Gibson Maestro. So this is not like, I want the classic tone bender sound. Half the people don't even know what that is. Right. The counter to that is there just weren't too many fuzz pedals. Absolutely. But this was based on the tone bender, though. The circuit, yes. Wild. It's weird to me that the dude who fought on the side of the fascists unapologetically, allegedly, allegedly, goes on to found a company and starts working with Soviet bloc, Titoist, Stalinist manufacturers because he could get basically prison labor. And then he steals the name. That's weird. Seems like he would have been a stand-up dude. Not to mention going into the former Nazi Germany to hunt down Wenzel Rossmeisel. Who was a stand-up dude. Speaking of which, Ed. Yeah. 1967. The year that this Vox Bossman was made, yeah, our man Pagini dies of a heart attack. Oh, no. Yeah. Age 45. Wow. That's young. Yeah. That's not an old dude. Maybe uh, Oliviero had to pay the piper. Live like a fascist. Die like a fascist. We should probably allow some room to maneuver around his morals <laughs> to say if he was drafted into the Air Force... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. Was he a mechanic quietly sabotaging airplanes? Oh. Maybe the airplane goes up in the air and never comes back. And maybe Pagini never gets blamed because they figure, oh, dude got shot down. So he's a resistance fighter from the inside. Maybe. Is what you're saying. We can't discount that. I would be the guy in the woods. Do you mean fighting? No, I was thinking more along the lines of, you know, crying. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how to start a fire. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah. And that Ed from the backside. <laughs> yeah. Is Vox. I got to tell you. Yeah. John. Yeah. From the moment you started playing that guitar. Uh-huh. I did not like it. And then you went into this whole story. It turns out you did not change my opinion a whole lot. <laughs> this guitar. <laughs> not really a fan. Well, viewers, if you want to pick up a reasonably priced, most likely made by fascist Italian guitar. Sure. If that's your thing. Yeah. I have a really cool Tweed Mojo Tone amp that was made right here in beautiful West Seattle by John's Gigantor Hands. Yes. The fine folks at Mojo Tone were kind enough to, to send us an amp kit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they knew that we didn't know anything about how to make an amp. No, they... But we did it, and it sounds great. It does. I've been playing it all day. Yeah, you should get on the interwebs and check out those guys. They make great stuff. Not just amps and amp kits, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and then you can say like, oh, made not just in the USA, but like made in my house by me. That's right. That's cool. And then you can go on all the socials and check us out and tell us how grateful you are for that tip. Do it. Highgain.com. Yeah. The Twitters, the Facebook, the Pinterest, the LinkedIn. Highgain. Instagram. Sure. I posted a picture a little while ago of me and waffle syrup butter, the wiener dog. Check that out. All day long. Wiener dogs. All day long. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. See ya.